and welcome to another Trailside Dukes podcast episode. Uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about the MLB wildcard race. Things are shaking up there. Giddy up. And uh, we're going to take a look at uh, maybe some tennis. Are you going to let me talk a little tennis, Tony? Dude, let's talk tennis. But do we have to talk about, what's that other game? Pickleball. Yeah, we might talk a little pickleball maybe. Ah, shoot. Uh, I didn't play in Montana, but uh, we can. We I don't know if we'll talk pickleball or not, but okay. uh, we'll talk a little tennis, okay. and then we're going to take a look at uh, a little bit of college basketball right around the corner, and uh, definitely going to have. Speaking of corners, the Carroll Corner. Oh yeah, we've got a big, big uh, Carroll Corner. Big Carroll Corner today, and uh, we're gonna, definitely going to talk to one of our cool friends and tell you guys what we are mad about. So. Let's get going. I agree, Corey. Uh, let's start off maybe with the MLB wildcard race. How are your Jays doing? Okay. Well, you know, nobody's going to overtake first place of the AL East. Although, you know, uh, Tampa Bay and Baltimore were kind of duking it out a little bit. Baltimore still jumped up on top. But so you got Tampa Bay uh, having the top wildcard spot. Yeah, they're a plus 10 right now. Right. Over the Blue Jays. Right. I mean, they're up there, right? So it seems like it's kind of going to be a battle for two and three. And I know the Mariners jumped up ahead for a while. You know, the Blue Jays got swept. Um, uh, oh, I see what you're pointing out at. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the so Blue, Blue Jays, Jays right now. got swept by Texas, which killed them. Four games. Mariners jumped up for a while, but then the Mariners ended up playing the Dodgers, right? And they got swept by the Dodgers, whereas the Jays now uh, swept the Red Sox. They just beat the Yankees today, so they're in that second spot with a game and a half above the Mariners and the Rangers, who are tied. Although the Rangers, um, if the Mariners win today, they they jump up ahead of um, the Rangers. So... Right now, it's Tampa Bay, Blue Jays, and Mariners. Yeah, fighting for those spots. And uh, looks like in the lead, uh, we got the Orioles. They've clinched a playoff spot already. Uh, they Ast- have? Yeah, they've, they've oh, clinched they a playoff. Oh, yeah. they got got a playoff spot. There wow. they are. Okay. So, so they're in. Minnesota's got a pretty healthy lead in the Central uh, for the number three spot. And Houston's got the number two spot as of now, but... Uh, Mariners definitely um, have some work ahead of them as they will finish up with uh, Oakland and then they have uh, some games. Their last sets of games are against Houston and Texas. So it could be pretty interesting in the home stretch there for the American League. Uh, in the National League, uh, we've got the uh, Braves, who were the first team in MLB to clinch a playoff spot. So our buddy Chad, he's happy, right? He's a big, big Braves fan. Oh, uh, big probably smile. the favorite to win the whole thing this year. What? Yeah, Not I from think what so. I'm reading. Everybody's no? talking about the Blue Jays. <laughs> well, that's because you don't read anything and that's not Canadian. Right. <laughs> I can read and speak Canadian. Quite. Dodgers, my buddy Jason, big Dodgers fan, um, they clinched a spot uh, as they swept the Mariners at home. Perfect. Yeah, in Seattle. So Love that was it. a little tough. Love it. Um, and then the Brewers, the Brew Crew, uh, they're doing well. They're at 84 and 66 right now. 
Um, and then fighting for the wild card. Christian got... Yelich, great Croatian baseball player, by oh, the way. Okay. Oh, yeah. And then uh, got the Phillies and the Diamondbacks, the Cubs, the Reds, and the Marlins fighting for um, wild card spots. And not far behind them are the Giants, only two games back of that final wild card spot. So a three way tie for the for the third wild card spot. Fun there. time of year. Can you imagine, like, you go back 20 years when it was just the AL East, you know what I mean, where they just had the two divisions. And, oh, yeah. And you went, you know, like, there, there were, it wasn't that often you had races, you know what I mean? A lot of times it was one team that was just killing everybody, and it's so much fun. Like, you know, you got way more teams that are involved right now, you know. I, I mean, baseball's made a lot of changes throughout the years the big one this year with the pitch count and all that stuff but you know it seems like they're doing some smart things i haven't talked to anybody who's been negative about the pitch count it's been keeping right. the game going faster oh Just, the clock yeah 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 speeding it up the average game i think is two and a half hours now where before right. it was three right without the clock so an extra half an hour of nothing going on yep right in between yep. pitches no, i think it's a good thing yeah Definitely. You know, uh, I listened to a podcast. Uh, I listened to the Blue Jays podcast, by the way. No way. I know. Give a little plug for Blue Jays talk. But they uh, interviewed a guy who uh, researches and studies minor league baseball because they always kind of go through minor league when they're looking at changes. And they're they're talking about the robo-umpire. Oh, and, yeah. And, uh, you know, you watch on TV and you're like, how did that guy not, you know, call it a strike or call it a ball? But, you know, he talked about, like, it's not a three-dimensional plane for the robo-umpires. It's like you see on TV, so it fits a box. And, like, you got a taller guy, you got a smaller guy, and they do have the computer has some type of adjustments. But overall, like, that guy said he, he, he doesn't like it. It's just, uh, you know, what they, what they could do is, like, the, the umpire has... Uh, almost like not a watch but something where he can see it right away on like a handheld type thing so he can mm -hmm. kind of take a look at okay what did the tv people see you know just to make a quicker thing so they're going to keep experimenting with the minor leagues but i don't think you're going to see robo umpires in the majors for a long time personally i don't think i would like it i i i like the human element the human aspect of it and and they already have review so if you want to challenge it, challenge it. Like that's fine, but I, I some you, of the calls I've seen. Like, can you challenge a pitch? I don't. Oh, not a pitch. You can't yeah, a pitch. no, I get it. I'm just. I guess yeah. I'm talking in general on on tight plays. I mean, sometimes pitches are probably a whole different story. But when it comes to some of those calls, it's been pretty interesting to see how good the human eyes are that are out there and i i get it sometimes there's going to be some bad calls but right um yeah but as far as the strike thing i don't know looking at i mean any of us could do that right we just look For at our sure. phone and see where it was was it called a ball or a strike like we could watch the the sports cast on yep. you know and just watch every pitch that way i yep. feel like it's already there so i, I don't well, know if i like well, that we'll see what happens interesting okay so I think we're on to some uh, college basketball here, Corey. Yeah, um, just saw some news the other day that the Maui Invitational is going to be moved from uh, Maui 
to Honolulu. So what they're going to do is they're going to move the Maui invite um, over to um, University of Hawaii at Manoa, where my brother actually graduated from. So go Rainbow Warriors. Okay. Yeah. So um, what that does is it it takes it obviously from one island to the other. They had to move it because of the wildfire issue that they had there. Right. So um, I'm going to do it there. And I think the biggest thing is that it moves from a a small venue of like 2000 people to about 10,000 seats over at U of H. So um, bigger crowd, but they're doing a lot of support for um, the the efforts, the recovery efforts over in Maui. Yeah. And so they're going to move that. I was uh, talking to Mark Few, coach of the Gonzaga Bulldogs, uh, this last weekend. We were hanging out on his boat, and uh, we're talking a little bit about the, the Maui Invitational, and um, he's just excited that uh, it's still getting to be played because um, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but actually... Three out of the last four years, the Maui Invitational hasn't been played in Maui. Okay. It was once played on the East Coast because of COVID, and then the year after that, it was played in Las Vegas. Interesting. Yeah, and then Maui, and now it'll be in Honolulu. But you got to call it Maui, even though it's not played in Maui. It's the Maui Invitational, I guess. I don't know if it has. It must have something to do with rights or whatever. But lots of uh, lots of cool stuff going on during the tournament, where um, they're going to do you know some auctions and stuff like that. Teams that are playing have been doing talking about um, playing games, and all the proceeds and benefits go to um, the recovery efforts in Maui. And aren't but, you and Coach Few getting on a boat in Seattle and then boating over to Hawaii? <laughs> no, no, you're not, not boating over there. Well, yeah, we might take his boat, and then he can. He he likes to surf, so oh, behind sweet. the boat, so maybe he could surf behind the boat all the way there. Oh, that could be that could dude, be pretty cool. What what college coach does that? That would be awesome. So uh, this this thing's going to be taking place November 20th through the 22nd, and uh, this is this is one of the top tournaments in the early season because it's just loaded with a uh, field that includes potential top 10 teams. You got Kansas, you got Purdue, Gonzaga, Tennessee, and Marquette in there. Um, so you know some pretty powerhouse teams. And what about uh, the University of Alberta? Are they in there? They they are not in there. Dang it! Uh, Syracuse is Shamanade uh, and UCLA round out the field. So, sorry, Alberta. Okay. Um. So yeah, action packed tournament. That should be a pretty fun one to tune into. Um. Lots of lots of great teams. The the first round matchup of Purdue versus Gonzaga is fun. the real eye opener of that that opening round. So could fun. be interesting. Yeah. Okay, Anton Watson. There we go. Let's go. Let's get it going. I like it. Uh, How about we talk? uh, We didn't. We didn't talk about in the last episode, but we had some U.S. Open action in tennis where there was some history made by some of the Americans. Uh, I don't know if you know this. Do tell. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So one of the one of the cool things is um, I think right off the bat, right? Like we have Coco Goff that won the women's superstar. I like her style. Yeah, really cool to see her success. Competitor. She's been um, she switched coaches. She switched over to Brad Gilbert. Used to be Andre Agassi's coach, and uh, he does a lot of ESPN uh, commentating and whatnot. But since he's taken over she, before the U.S. Open. 
she only lost one match. She she won like nine matches in a row. Do you think he's read the book, The Inside Game of Tennis? I bet you he has. He okay. also has his own book called Winning Ugly, which Ooh. is a really good one. Is there some sports psychology in there? There is. Okay, it's I definitely. Read it. Yeah, I like Winning that Ugly. Stuff. Definitely, definitely do that. Well, you've done that many times. Yeah. Right. So, um, so one of the one of the really neat things is that America was really tuned into uh, Coco's, yeah. um, you know, championship and all that stuff. There was more viewers, more American viewers. It was just under 3.5 million, yeah. I believe, that tuned into her match. Nice. And in the men's final, it was right around 2.5 million. Okay. So it kind of tells you the story there. Women's sports, you know, taking off. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Really cool to see that happen. Um, just some stats that I kind of ran, ran across when I was um, looking at, uh, you know, Coco Goff, 19 years old, winning the, the U.S. Open. Um, the first teen in the U.S., first U.S. teen since Serena Williams to reach consecutive U.S. Open quarterfinals, Fun. which I thought was interesting, and first teen in the U.S. Open semifinals since Serena in 2001. Wow. So it had been over 20 years, right? And then we also had this, on the men's side, we had this stud, Ben Shelton, who was 20 years old. He was one of our U.S. hopefuls. Um, a lot of people don't know him. He's flown under the radar this year, but he's quickly becoming huge because he was the D1 um, champion last year. That's cool. Coming out of the University of Florida. So That's way cool. He's got a big serve. He had a 149 mile per hour serve that was clocked. Um, so he, he beat uh, Francis Tiafo. Do you think you could return a uh, 149 mile an hour 149, serve? 149, I... So, so, maybe... Maybe, maybe because because you would it would just be a block though. It's not like I'm swinging at the return. Yeah. You just throw it out there and block it back and hope that right. the next one get your racket is out there. Okay, kind of what you have to do against the big servers. You right, just, you just block it back, aim for the middle of the court. That way, if you're gonna miss, at least it'll hopefully still land just, in the court. You got a shot. Right. Okay. So pretty pretty awesome U.S. Open. Lots of good uh, players. The U.S. guys are kind of coming along. We have a lot of guys in the top 20. How's Canada doing? Well, Nobody Canada's doing anymore. good, actually. Um, if we look at Davis Cup, I don't know if you know this, but the Davis Cup uh, has been played recently, and the U.S. was in Split Croatia. You hey, might know a little bit of Croatia. That's huh? my dad's favorite city, Split Croatia. He was born just outside of Split. Really? Yep. Okay, so um, that's where the U.S. was. U.S. ran into some trouble, but I'll tell you who's not running into trouble is Team Canada. Okay. They're they're trying to repeat as champions. All right. So um, basically Davis Cup, just to let everybody know, it's kind of like pool play, right? And then the top two teams in each of the four groups advance to the finals, which will be held uh, later on in Malaga, Spain. So you got Team Canada going, Tony. It's freaking awesome. So is the Davis Cup like the Stanley Cup? If you win it, then you pour a bunch of beer, champagne in it, and you can drink out of it. Uh, I no, I don't. I don't. Do they put I, all maybe. The, I mean, I don't know. Put all the players that win the Davis Cup's name on the cup. It's like a good. The Stanley it's cup? a good question. I mean, is there even a cup? 
You don't know? They call it the Davis Cup, and <laughs> they call there's it not the even Davis. a cup? There better be a cup. I think we need to do oh some research gosh. on that. I've, that... I've, I was researching the teams and the players. And Dude, you might, that might be might on my look I'm mad section. Like you if, can get mad. If they're calling it the Davis Cup, and you win the cup, and you don't get a cup, that's terrible. But, uh, you know, let me see if I can find it. Yeah. And we'll, well, see we'll what it, We're we'll going to see what it looks that. like. We'll revisit that, Corey. <laughs> I want to know because... I mean, drinking out of the Stanley Cup when you win that, that's 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 a beautiful thing. Right. I know. That could be huge. Okay. Uh so yes, they uh they do have a really cool Davis Cup trophy. Let me show you this thing because I don't think you can drink out of it unless you have a straw. Oh, it's as big as the are. <laughs> We, well, you the Davis Cup is huge. It's huge. Look at that. That's got to be one of the biggest looks trophies like those in cakes, sports. You know what I mean? That, that people jump out of. It's it looks a, like it's big. Right. Yeah. But you somebody could, could climb up on top there and maybe drink. You know, just stick your head in there. Right. Yeah. And fans, like uh, Trailside Duke fans and the Duke's crew, if you've never seen the Davis Cup trophy. I invite you to take a look at it. Google, Google it. an image of this thing. That's big. Because it is massive. Okay, uh, well, I'm not mad anymore because at least they have a cup, although it looks like a water fountain. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah, this could be inside the middle of a park. Well, if the Canadians win, I guarantee they're jumping in that. They're bathing, doing something with They're it. bathing in it, soiling in it, whatever. Canadians, they, they like that stuff. That's fun. Right. Okay, Corey, we're moving on into the next segment, which is Cool Friends. I want to introduce a really cool friend of mine, and I know you've got to meet him a few times, but that is Brian. The way you spell it, it looks like Bellinger, but I'm going to let you, Corey, kind of go with that. And Brian is a uh, the chief photog at KXLY News, and he has got a lot of cool sports stories and things to share that I think our listeners will like, Corey. Yeah, yeah, and we were able to get him on the bad phone. It took the, an act of God to actually connect with him. He's a hard guy to get a hold of. Yeah, your phone was cutting out all the time, Brian. What's the deal with that? Uh, just poor cell service. Okay. Good evening, gentlemen. Good, Good evening. evening. Wow, he's so formal. So how do you, you say your last name correctly? Because I feel like Perka butchered it. Uh, it's Belanger, Ooh. French Canadian. Like lingerie? Uh, no, kinda. Yep. <laughs> um, it, it's very in Quebec. It's very common name, kind of like maybe not as common as Smith. And then there's several uh, on the East Coast. Belanger or Bellinger is common on the East Coast of the United States. So. Do they ever pronounce it Belangdang? I've had it uh, a few times. I've had some. Some interesting ways people have said it. Right. Belanger, Belangadang, Belanger. I could go on. I could go on forever. You could go on forever. Please, yeah, we we'll save our listeners on that part, Brian. (laughs) Um. So so Brian, like when you went to you went to a pretty famous college, uh, Minot State, right? Good old Minot, North Dakota, and you majored in. In Minot, yes. Right. You majored in, uh, like, is it journalism? What do you do? Uh, Communications. Got a degree in communications and uh, emphasis in broadcasting. And then you, I mean, you started in in TV, right? Correct. 
local um, CBS station as a photographer. Worked uh, half the time in news and half the time in production. So why don't you just give us a kind of a rundown of your uh, professional career because you've been in some interesting places and then we can kind of chime in with some of your cool uh, sports experiences. Well, I spent a couple of years in Minot and then I moved to Fargo. Spent a couple, just under a couple of years in Fargo and then I moved from there to Salt Lake City. Spent uh, almost four years in Salt Lake City and then uh, moved to Spokane. I've been here ever since 2002. Giddy up. When you were in yep. Fargo, did you did you start talking like them? Oh, yeah? Uh, the wife definitely sounded like them. Right. She's from North Dakota. Right. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure, you betcha. Okay. Yeah, lots of... And that's uh, when, I, when I worked there, actually, is when the movie came out. So... That's awesome. So, yeah. like, I mean, I know, like, a lot of your Salt Lake, because you covered the jazz and stuff, and, you know, a lot of your, your when you were Spokane and covering the Washington State Cougars, is there anything, like, starting back from Fargo, and then talk to us about, like, some of those cool Salt Lake experiences, and then we'll go into uh, the Spokane area? Okay. Well, I started, sports-wise, I started shooting minor league baseball in Minot. And uh, the Minot uh, Mallards, I believe that was, way back when. And then uh, in the fall, on Sundays, I would shoot dirt track racing. Oh. And, uh, yeah, I have some uh, out, the Outlaws um, car, car race, uh, races. It was, uh, it was pretty entertaining. And then uh, moved to Fargo and got to cover some NDSU uh, football games. And uh, actually got to cover my first NFL game there, and that was a Viking-Packer game. Who won? Well, in typical fashion, the Vikings uh, um, lost the game at the end of the game to the Packers, and, uh, you know, I picked up, uh, got hit in the face with a glove by Jake Reed, uh, the wide receiver opposite of uh, Chris Carter, or, uh, yeah, or Randy Moss, I think. Wow. Jake Reed was. Yeah, he, he wasn't trying to. He was just trying to hit my camera with his glove and missed and hit me in the hit me in the face with it. And uh, after the game, and he was a little, he was a little upset, but I brushed it off and I picked up the glove and kept it as a souvenir for a while. That's a good and story. After that, uh, yeah. And then after spending a couple years in Fargo, um, moved to Salt Lake City, and. Uh, one of the great things about being in Salt Lake City was I got to cover uh, Utah Jazz basketball. Our pet basketball, and I, I love basketball, so it was like I couldn't believe I got to sit right on the floor and I got paid to do it. So. And those were glory years for the Jazz, right? Well, they were just coming off back-to-back losses in the, in the finals. And so, you know, in my mind, they're going back for the third time. And uh, it was kind of my most disappointing uh, memory of uh, covering the Jazz was the very first game I, it was the strike season, so the season was short, and so they only had two, I believe two preseason games, and their very first game was against the Bulls in preseason, and nobody from that team that won those back-to-back championships were on that team. And so I didn't get to see Michael Jordan play or any of them, because Michael Jordan retired. 
but uh, that season the Jazz were looking to make a run into the deep into the playoffs, and they lost in the second round. A little disappointing. So, do you have any like stories like being on the floor covering? I know I'm going to hint at you got kind of a a cool picture in, in your basement about you on the floor and a certain Jazz player. Yeah, my first year, uh, you know, just in the heat of the game, uh, Carl Malone went diving for a ball and went right over top of me. Spread eagles, landed on the, the row behind me, and, you know, it was just part of the game. He never actually hit me, and then, you know, didn't think twice about it. Then the next day I get to work, and uh, it was before, you know, before the Internet, and the newspaper had come out, and there was a picture of me on the front page of the sports section with Carl Malone jumping over top of me. So that was pretty, uh, that was pretty cool. So even though you didn't, you weren't really thinking anything of it, I mean, what, what does that look like? Give us an idea of what that looks like <laughs> when you have Carl, the mailman Malone, spread eagle coming at you. Like, what? That's a trail side what, Like, moment. I've never experienced that, so share, share with us. Like, well, he, he's a big man. And I was like, he like I don't actually remember him actually physically touching me as he went over top of me. And I often joke, you know, that if he wasn't wearing a jock, I might have been dead. Um, but, <laughs> oh boy! Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah okay. and, and you know, it's not like it's not like football where you can see a guy coming at you. The court is right there in front of you, and they're moving quickly and coming off of screens and whatever. And you know, I probably just saw him just in time just to kind of like make myself even smaller sitting there as he went over top of me crazy any and I think other... it was against the, and I think it was against the Golden State Warriors if I'm uh, if I remember right right any other cool stories with players any Stockton stuff well uh, one of my first uh, one story I like to tell is like you know pro athletes have good and bad days and I always remember the first time I got to watch Charles Barkley play. And uh, I couldn't, I just, the way he was acting to the fans and, you know, out there, I just, man, this guy's the biggest, he's an ass. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know, you know, and then, you know, a couple, I think it was the next season he came and he sat, he actually sat next to me down on the baseline and he couldn't have been nicer. And, you know, I just struck it up as, you know, those guys just have bad days here and there. So it never passed judgment on just after, after watching them play or seeing them, you know, out of character one time. Um, yeah. After cool. that, I was like one of my favorite players. So that's cool. Yeah. So I got to cover them for like three years and three and a half years. And then, um, when I moved to Spokane two weeks after I moved here, I believe the Wizards came to town with Michael Jordan on their team. And I missed on those three and a half years of watching or covering the Jazz. I saw every NBA player except for Michael Jordan. So, Dang it. Yeah, missed, missed that golden opportunity. But I, I got to see a lot of great basketball. Um, Carl Malone and uh, John Stockton were, uh, were quite a treat to watch. Um, I believe Carl became the second all-time leading scorer in one of the games that I watched, and that was that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, just just like 
seats. That's awesome. You know, people paid people paid thousands of dollars for that, and I was I was actually getting paid just to sit there and do watch watch with one eye through a camera. So pretty sweet. Hey, uh, yeah. j- just curious for you know regular sports fans and stuff like that. Sometimes we'll have our phones out for those moments and stuff. I'm wondering, like, maybe your like uh, guide as far as like when you're shooting, do you keep one like both eyes open and you're looking through the lens, but then you're also watching like you know with your other naked eye, or do you do you do the closure and then look through the lens and that's how you take in the game, or maybe it's completely different on that side of the camera. I don't know, but is there any kind of like tips or tricks that you would say that? we should try to do when filming live stuff with whatever device we have? Well, it's, it's just like uh, you're, you just follow the ball or the puck um, with one eye. And a lot of times you just set your shot. If you're using your phone, you're going to be pretty wide anyway on, your, on, on, your, on the phone, but in the camera you're wide. And you use your off eye actually to follow the ball. It's really hard to follow it inside the camera. And... Uh, you just got to set yourself up where you're, you're nice and relaxed and you don't have the jerky moments and you just follow follow the action, basically. Dude, that, that could be almost the philosophy of life right there, Corey. Yeah? Yeah, pretty amazing. Now, Brian, are you still with me? I'm still here. Your landline didn't... You still have a landline? Yes. Is yep. that a philosophy? Like, what's going on there? Well, it's just part of the, the bundle. It's, it's almost... It's like an extra dollar these days. It's so cheap. Okay. Really? So why not? Yeah. Why not have it just in case you're good friends with a, right, a, a podcast call and they need, they need a better connection. So yeah. it worked out. Yeah, perfect. So, well, that's worth it then yeah. for sure. Okay. Yeah. So, Brian, you moved to Spokane. KXLY is covering the Cougs. You've also traveled to like some Super Bowl stuff. So give us a rundown plus like... I'll never forget that one Cougars game you and I were at, and uh, you know uh, I kind of worked. I was your you know your bag carrier, or whatever, and and you know when all the fans rushed on the field. But like, give us some of your highlights and some things because you traveled to well, away games, all kinds of cool stuff. When I when I moved to Spokane, there was a little bit of a turnover when I first got to the station, and I'm a news photographer. Don't work in the sports department, but most most sports departments. They need the help from the other photographers. Sometimes they, you know, they don't have a true photographer in in the sports department. So anyway, I was there for a couple months, and um, Dennis Patchen, who works at SWX now, he sent out an email saying, "Hey, I'm a bunch of new guys. Anybody interested in shooting some sports? Does anybody have any experience?" And I basically said, "Hey, this is my background. I." did this and did that and I, I played college football so I understand football a lot and then like the next day he comes up to me and he's like you're going to be our football shooter this year and I'm like oh great um, what does that mean he goes well here's our itinerary and just for this season it was the, they had a uh, KXY had a coaches show so they were um, on the hook for getting more video than you would normally need of a, of a regular game and my itinerary had me going to Ohio State and all these away games. And I'm like, I'm um, going to all these away games too? Because usually you don't travel during regular non-important games back then. But uh, because of the coaches show, they went to every game. And so I was like, oh, man, I just 
I just lucked out. I'm going to get to go to Ohio State. First thing I did after Dennis told me I was doing that, I went and checked the media guide to see who they were going there next year and the year after. And so over the next couple of years, I went to Notre Dame, went to Auburn, Wisconsin, Colorado, went to some great places to watch. Uh, sometimes see the Cougars win and upset teams, but sometimes they didn't. But I got to enjoy uh, a great atmosphere at a lot of places. Out of uh, all the places that you've been, what do you think, um, like, crowd-wise, was the most impressive that you ever saw that you visited? Um, I really enjoyed uh, Colorado. Oh. It was more the atmosphere. It wasn't really, you know, overwhelming crowd, but it was just a great atmosphere there. Um, one of the great crowds is, or- is Oregon. But I... I I've never seen a stadium so loud. I can't remember the year, but uh, Oregon was on a high coming in to play the Cougars, and the Cougars beat them. I'd never seen a crowd get so loud and so quiet so quickly in all the years of covering sports. It was it was kind of nice to see being a closet Cougar fan. So, wow, that's awesome! Super fun. And you, yeah. you, uh, so do you remember that game we were at where the fans rushed on? We went through the tunnel and. Yep, that was, uh, USC. USC, both teams were ranked. Um, that was a, uh, Matt Leinard and a Reggie Bush team, and the Cougs beat them. I believe it was in overtime, wasn't it? Uh, yes. Yeah, and then we were, all the Cougs rushed the field there at Martin Stadium. That was awesome. And then going through the tunnel. And I feel this little tug over my shoulder, and it's Tony. And he whispers in my ear, and he goes, "Is this heaven?" <laughs> it's pretty so was, like it's one of those euphoric feelings that, you know, sports or you know, you have your, you know, your wife has a baby. It's just one. It's like it's undescribable of like just that feeling of just fans going through the tunnel with the team. And yeah, I was like overwhelmed. I'm like, Brian, are we in heaven? It was pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I've got to see some. I've got to see some pretty sweet games uh, over the years. That one is right, definitely in my top ten for sure. Um, the humanitarian bowl when Idaho beat, uh, I believe it was Bowling Green in uh, Boise. That was pretty sweet. And then uh, watching Eastern win the um, national championship in Frisco. Yeah, uh, it just happened, and I was standing in the corner filming as that winning touchdown came through the air from Bo Levi into the corner and it was just that was it's it's great to be part of that it's just you're just a fly on the wall right there when it's all happening it's pretty awesome yeah it's pretty cool i totally remember that game that got my uh, letterman's jacket back out after they won i got my letterman's nice. jacket out threw on the eastern washington and took uh took i think uh my kid uh, Baskin Robbins to celebrate. We went and got an ice cream. <laughs> we got an ice cream. Bo Levi, I got you excited. Yo, it was awesome. Okay. <laughs> awesome, Brian. Well, uh, you know, what's what a lot of people, well, most of our friends know, you and I have known each other since junior high. You're one of my best friends, um, although a lot of people wouldn't know it because when you've known somebody for so long, you're like brothers and you know, it's like that time when we were in Seattle and we went to the uh, 
um, the Asian food place, right? And we had, or was that the mallets? What did we have? Seafood? It was like, uh, um, crab pot. Crab pot. Right. Yeah. And you were being yeah. a jerk, so I had to start hitting you with the mallet. Yes, that's what it was. I was being a jerk, so you started hitting me. Right. Yes. And I had to, I did have to fight back. You defended yourself. Right. The wives weren't very. The wives weren't very happy. But Wy- hey. Wives weren't happy. No, we were making yeah. a mockery of the whole restaurant and stuff. And I think you got talked to by a couple of waiters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Things got out of hand. It sounds like for sure. Wow. Yeah. Any kind of life lesson that you can give us, or something that you always try to live by, maybe day in and day out, or. Um, well, one one bit of advice I would give people is like I've been to I covered two Super Bowls and um, and they're expensive. So if you're not a person of a lot of means and you really want to enjoy an event, the Super Bowl is probably not your event to go to. But a, a but a bowl game, a college bowl game, can be a heck of a lot cheaper and almost just as much fun, especially if it's your team playing in a role and like the Rose Bowl the holiday bowl or even a smaller bowl it's just a great atmosphere to maybe introduce your kid to a big big time uh sporting event like that and it, it's not gonna it's not gonna ruin the bank that's yeah, a good point that's awesome what about like a gray cup oh don't get me started on going to a gray cup those are you know i'd much rather go to a gray cup than a super bowl crazy as that sounds but uh i love my canadian football so yeah, baby. Hey, Brian, uh, like just here before finishing out too, and maybe this ties into your philosophy or, you know, a music thing, but I'm looking at a picture here on the bar and it's you and you got a Canadian flag covering your head. <laughs> you remember that time? Oh, yeah. Yep. What was the concert? Was that the Bare Naked Ladies Bare in Salt Lake City? Bare Naked Ladies in Salt Lake City. Yeah. Yep, you were running around with the Canadian flag, and I, I believe you tripped and fell. Uh, well, some uh, some woman was chasing me because she wanted that flag, if I remember right, and the flag was so big that I tripped and slipped on the flag itself. Right. You had a big yeah. flag, big maple leaf. Yeah. There right. was a few, uh, might have been a few alcoholic pops involved in that situation, too. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was a fun time. Yeah, well, I mean, you can't go see the bare naked ladies without a couple of road pops, right? That's right. For sure. Correct. How many times have you seen the ladies? Oh, I just saw them recently in uh, Portland, Portland area. I'd want to say I've at least seen them 10 or 11 times. Yep, you're a big bare naked ladies wow. fan. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I've seen them in Calgary. I've seen them in Salt Lake City. I've seen them in Sandpoint. And uh, I've seen them in. in Spokane a few times, and uh, I think one of the one of the, they're one of the greatest bands to see in person. They every every concert's different. They have so much fun. Um, I saw a big concert of theirs in downtown Salt Lake City during the during the Olympics, and uh, that was pretty cool. Do you carry around that same flag to every concert so they know who to avoid? Yeah, no, no I've, I've, some of them I'm, I'm a little more tame. You know, Tony was with me that trip, so it was a little bit, a little bit cr- like the crab pot. You know, a little bit Ooh. out of control, and so uh, yeah, the last couple ones, it's just been my wife and me. And uh, one time in 
Sandpoint at the festival up there. We took this, we took our boys up there, and they uh, they got to enjoy their first bare naked ladies concert. So you gotta love a concert of bare naked ladies, right? What's your fate like? You know, there's probably dozens of favorite songs, but what sticks out? Oh, I love their whole first album, and Gordon is awesome. It's the one, you know, the go-to one, and Classic. I love the, I love the Grade Nine song. It's uh, that's probably my favorite. Hello, city. Uh, we don't need you to sing it. Oh, it's I okay. could. Yeah, no, Brian and a, I could probably tag team a couple. Uh, I don't know if we have time you for pass that. On that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we might have people turn turn off the podcast. So. Right. Well, be I love you, man. Thanks for being on the show. Well, thanks for having me, gentlemen. It's been fun. I, uh, I've been a fan of, is this episode five or six? This is number six. Nice. Um, we're making a, we got a trip this week. Uh, I'm going to go watch, uh, I bet you guys, have you gotten, done St. Carroll football corner already? Or is that oh, coming yeah. up after this one? No, we're definitely talking Saints football on Carroll corner. Okay, so we're going to go to the game this weekend and then, and then go off to, to Yellowstone and uh, I've already told the wife that we're going to have to download the last three pod, Trailside Duke podcasts to listen on our way. So. Yeah, for the ride. Sweet. Yeah, that'll be she'll, perfect. She'll hear you on, on the show. Is there anything you want to say to her? <laughs> Way to put me on the line. You know? Right. <laughs> I mean, you'll have it on the car on the car stereo and then, you know, you, you'll, we'll be at this part and maybe like you schmooze her with something romantic right now. This could be the greatest trip or maybe not. <laughs> Rated mile post 375 between Billings and Livingston maybe yes. or something like that. Yes. Like, right. What are you going to yeah, say? My wife's the best. Oh. She's put up with me for she's put up with me for over 27 years, so. Aww. She and I love her for it, so. Wow. And a long time. Okay, ride. Paula, there Good you words. go. <laughs> nice work, B. All right, gentlemen. All right, thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Well, what do you think, Corey? I think it's time to move on to the Carol Corner. Uh, yeah, we can do that. Uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on in, in the Carol College Corner, baby. Woo! Carroll College 21, Rocky Mountain 20. Unbelievable game. This right? is football, right? This is the Carroll College Fighting Saints football team. Okay. Played in Billings last Saturday uh, against Rocky Mountain College. You know, Carroll's ranked number 10. Rocky is not ranked. They're getting a few votes, but they're always a good team. Tough to win in Billings. Um, cool atmosphere. But, yeah, the Saints, uh, I don't know if the word is struggled. They moved the ball. They, uh, you know, they got a couple field goal attempts that were missed. One was a 50-yarder, and so you, you, you can't knock them on that. I mean, they trust the kid, and he's given it a good leg, but he just fell short. On another field goal attempt, it was a botched snap. So halftime at seven nothing, you know, big zero for the for the Saints. Into the second half, um, Rocky Mountain scores thirteen unanswered points. They're up twenty nothing. There's just under ten minutes left in the fourth quarter, and it, you know, any most teams and players are going to hang their heads and just figure this is just one of those games. But Saints kept fighting. Their defense kept them in. And uh, they were getting stops. Offense got the ball, and finally things just started clicking. 
Um, couple deep passes. I mean, they basically go air raid because they got to score three touchdowns right. in eight minutes. Yeah. So it's pass, pass, pass. Jack had a lot of composure, trust in his O-line, running backs, receivers, and they made big plays happen. So they score the first touchdown. It's 20-7. to seven. Who scored that one? Was it Ochoa? Nope. He got okay. Ochoa. Because I know he gets a couple, right? Ochoa got two, you know, and we, we had interviewed Ochoa on one of our right. previous podcasts. Yeah, I remember that. Good cool, kid. Really cool California kid playing in Helena, tight end. But the first one was a couple de- a deep pass. It got um, it was Chris Acolshin got him down to like the four yard line, and then they ran it in, punched it in, punched it in, and then uh, so they look at doing an onside kick. Uh, Rocky calls a timeout. Uh, I love this call. Carroll changed it up, and they kind of did one of those poochers where the ball bounces. Yeah, and it took a bounce in front of the receiving player, and it went over his head. So he Ooh. scrambles to get it, like on the one yard line. We tackle him on the three. They're under pressure. They go three and out. Punt it. We get it midfield. Jack to Ochoa, like on a thirty yard pass. Now it's twenty to fourteen with about three minutes left. So, you know, if if um, Rocky gets a few first downs, they run out the clock and it's right. game over. But yeah. that Carroll defense is just outstanding. Um, you know, the Peck kid uh, is kind of like a spiritual leader on that team. And um, they stuff him. And uh, so once again, uh, Rocky's punting. We get the ball back about midfield. And uh, again few passes, and then just a seam route right up the middle. And Jack placed it perfectly. Ochoa makes a great catch. He's stumbling, bumbling, takes a couple hits, but makes it into the end zone. We go hit the extra point. We're up 21 to 20, just under a minute left. You know, and Rocky's still got a, a timeout, and, uh, but they just get hammered. They get stuffed by our awesome defense. And game over. There it, it is. It was it was an unbelievable like just one of those where the fans were just staring at each other, going, "What just happened?" <laughs> um, you know, hopefully they don't have to do that too often. But this is two weeks in a row where they've come back with a last minute victory. Um, and Jack passed. Jack Perka passed for four hundred and six yards, uh, and just announced uh, yesterday got the. NAI National Player of the Week. They announced like an offensive side, defensive side, whatever. Sure. So he was one of the players that got the National uh, Award for Player of the Week. He got the Frontier Conference Player of the Week. And what I love about Jack, he's not like his dad. He's a lot more his, you know, if, if I was at that age, my head would be about as big as his house. But super even keeled, gave credit to all of his teammates, to the defense, and, um, you know, he, he, I think that's not just who he is, but that's what that coaching staff is. That's what that team is. And they are just selfless and just work hard for each other, um, you know, just do pretty amazing things as a team. And so super excited for the Fighting Saints. They've got homecoming this weekend. And they play... Um, they got the new team out of Arizona. Yep, new team that joined the conference, Arizona Christian. Arizona Christian's coming to Helena and uh, two o'clock start Mountain Time in Helena for homecoming and a lot of excitement and it's it's going to be pretty cool. It's pretty fun tailgating. 
Always, Corey. Yeah? Always. All right. Because we've got to show those ore diggers what's going on with the tailgate thing, right? I don't even think about the ore diggers. We'll think about them on uh, the last game of the season when we play them for for a conference game. Right. Yeah. But right now, it's all Arizona Christian. One game at a time, baby. Let's go. Let me ask you this. Um, Three weeks in, right? You got a combined total win of six points over the you know those three games do you feel like this team's created their identity yet i i think so i think with how they've won what they've done i mean defense wins championships and they have a stellar defense um a lot of players to name and and i at one of these times i'm going to focus on the defense yeah and just i'd like to get a few of those players on the phone and we'll we'll definitely do that for the carroll corner and talk to those guys but defense wins championships they got a great defense and offensively they've got weapons so when you know when they're clicking they're gonna they're tough to stop yeah their defense has been really stepping it up late in the games to solidify some wins which has been fun to see blood and guts exciting football blood and guts fun yeah um just kind of on some other sides on there so uh, the Lady Fighting Saints. We we kind of went in and swept Rocky this past Soccer. weekend. Oh yeah, yeah. And yep. you guys were all in the same town and everything, right? Oh like yeah. The, so everybody's yep. supporting each other. Men's and women's soccer played on Sunday, but both the women's team won and the men's soccer team won. And then coming up here to um, homecoming, they're playing uh, Warner Pacific uh, on Friday as a kind of start off the homecoming celebration. Oh, cool. So, okay. Yeah, if you're a former soccer player for the Saints, come on out and get out there have support some fun. the team. Why not? Yeah, on the pitch. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know all the lingo. Well, I used to play soccer. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hopefully, hopefully Did you ever throw an elbow? Did you like I, why don't you play hockey like oh, why don't you play soccer like hockey? You want you, well that's kind of how I played. I was Oh, you were tough. I was very tough. Yeah. Okay. It used to be where like I was really good at slide tackling and um one of my goals was always to be able to slide tackle and uh take the person down but not get carded for it. Ooh, like have it be that, it's eh? got to be legal, right? Right. So like if you're going in hard like that, you got to make sure you're getting ball. Um Anybody and if the player get gets you? hurt, they get hurt. But if you're getting the ball and it's legal, then there it is. And so I was really good at that. It became kind of a thing for me. Oh, fine. Um it's a life philosophy. So I don't know. I mean, this makes me I don't want to like yeah, I was I was I was a rough player. I was yeah. a very rough player. Go get the ball. So I, I always tried to see what I could do without getting carded or getting okay. in trouble. I so like it. on the edge. That was me, man. I was people didn't like playing against us because they knew if I was in there that they weren't it wasn't gonna be easy. Nice work. Did you ever get kicked in the family jewels? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um not that I can remember, I probably did, but yeah, I don't, you I don't probably remember. Blacked That's it a out. lot of soccer. Yeah, you blacked it out. I've been playing since I, would I was black a kid. that out too. Like if you got yeah. kicked in the family jewels, I, I I wouldn't want to remember that. No, I I love soccer. Love watching World Cup stuff. And, oh yeah, you know all that. Um, you know, it's hard to see the women's World Cup. You know, with the Team USA like not getting it done this year. So, yeah, um, big soccer fan. Yeah, fun. love it. Foot, football super fun Corey. <laughs> okay well i think we're moving on to i'm mad Corey. yeah 
Yep. You okay. want to hear what I'm mad about? Uh, yeah, let's... <laughs> no, I'm mad. <laughs> let's hear what you're mad about. Tell us. So it's an eight-hour drive to Billings, right? Eight okay. hours. You're, yeah. You're basically, I-90 the whole way. Right. And uh, you know what makes me mad? I don't. Is you look in the rearview mirror and some guy's bumper riding you. Like, you know what I mean? You're going 70, 75, parts of Montana are 80. Okay, I might jump in the passing lane, and then some semi-truck pulls out to pass another semi-truck. So you're stuck behind the semi-truck in the passing lane. And then for a while, some right? doozer is like, I'm going to ride this car in front of me to let them know I want to pass. But dude, I can't pass. There's a semi-truck in front of me in the passing lane. There's nowhere so to go. So what the heck? Back off. It really ticks me off. You know what I mean? Like safety-wise... Like, just back off. You know what I mean? Like, there's no point. You're not proving anything being five feet behind my bumper. Something happens, you're 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 causing, like, extreme danger. Right. So I got mad a few times on our ride. Cause At the same guy or more than one? Uh, No, different guys. Different people that are just angry. I don't know what their deal is. Did but they, they have feel, Montana plates? You know, I didn't really pay attention because okay. I'm paying attention to the car you right. know, in front well, of me. I'm not, yeah. you know, Ten I, and I two, can just eyes, see their eyes forward. But I have some Scottish friends that would pronounce the, these people like this. They're eejits. You know, Scottish people, they put all their own thing on an idiot. Whoa. Uh, so, the, the, you know, those people are eejits. You're an eejit right then. Back off. Don't be so close to my bumper, you idiot. Oh, okay. I get aye, it. I aye. understand what you're saying there. Hey, Corey. <laughs> Eat and some haggis, will you? Right then. How about I give you a Scottish kiss? You know what that is? <laughs> Just stay over there. Do you know what a Scottish kiss is? Uh, I feel like I'm going to find out. It's a headbutt. Oh. Yeah. No, I could go without that. Okay. Well, you actually, you well, when we get into your <laughs> I'm mad, uh, you're kind of fragile right now. I am. Right. Yeah. What are you mad about? Uh, I am mad that I uh, had a had a mountain bike crash yesterday oh. evening, and I missed it. I've seen your you two previous th- ones. You weren't there. This is one where I was out solo, and I I took a digger. I went over the front end and over the handlebars. Yep, got hurt, hurt, uh, hurt pretty bad. What um, are your owies? Well, um, as as I know now, a fractured uh, wrist. No oh boy. Um, I, I think I have some bruised ribs. Pretty hard to breathe today. Oh jeez. Uh, and then I mangled my right shoulder as I was trying to roll out of it. But pretty technical, steep little part where I've made it through before. And I always think like after I'm through that point, I'm like, whoo, did it. But two point five will get you right yeah, there, yeah. right off the rock drop. It got me. So just below the rock drop. But I need to. I mean, so I'm mad about that. I'm mad that I've gotten through it before, but it's gotten pretty bad with the dry summer that we've had, and just wasn't my night. And it uh, happens. I it have happens. to. I actually have to thank you because I wasn't going to go get an X-ray to see if it was broken. I knew what it felt like, and I've had some broken bones before, and much worse than this. And I was. Uh, I was not going to go get it done, but uh, after an IPA with you and your driveway, yeah. I, we decided we that iced you up. We, maybe had, we was, had a beverage, and, we and that was it probably the, the best thing is that you gave me that ice, and yeah, you got to ice it right away. I iced it for probably an hour and a half straight from your house to right. to the X-ray, and uh, it, I mean it still hurts today, but 
it could have been a lot worse if I wasn't icing it. So thank you. Thanks for, for the sure. IPA and the ice, man. You got it, man. Anything yeah. for I'm still mad. I'm still mad that You're I'm mad. hurt. Like You're I didn't mad. get to play pickleball today. Dang it. So okay. Oh well. You're gonna heal up, buddy. Wait a second, Corey. What if we have some listeners that have something they're mad about? How could they communicate it to us so that we share it with uh, with the podcast? Oh group? yeah. That's a good question. I know. So let me answer that for you. Um, so if if the Duke's crew members or the listeners are mad about something and they want us to talk about it, uh, they can actually send us an email to the Trailside Dukes uh, email. It's our official email. So it's trailsidedukes at gmail.com. So send us the, what you're mad about. Uh, we can talk about it. Uh, we're also ideas for the show yeah anything anything um that you're interested in or questions you have for us things you're mad about go ahead and send me that email address again it's trailsidedukes at gmail.com if you're a mariners fan it will be censored you know i mean we might or blue jays maybe we just take blue jays and mariner fans right out of it how's your shoulder yeah, don't Are touch you sore me. right there? Don't touch You're me. You're sore right there. Okay. <laughs> All righty. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. If you like what you're hearing, definitely subscribe so you get notifications of new episodes that come out. And, hey, go Saints and go Mariners. Go Saints, baby. Go Blue Jays. Whatever. Suck it.